Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. And as always, this is your quick 15-minute look into the cyber news of the day. Is it all the cyber news? No, it's just the ones that are of interest to me that I hope will be interest to you and kind of what it means to you. Um, there's a plenty of technical news, cyber stuff, but... Um, it would just be go on and on. So in order to keep this kind of short, I kind of go to high level looks at certain news stories. And obviously, if you want more information, the links to all of the articles talked about on this podcast are in the show notes. You are welcome to go peruse them at your leisure. First from cybernews.com, Paulina Quinte reporting, MIT student claims to have hacked the Apple Vision Pro on launch day. An Apple Vision Pro user claims to have already found vulnerabilities in the popular augmented reality headset. Joseph Rachik Chardian, a PhD student at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, shared an image on X with what looks like a kernel exploit for Apple's newly launched virtual reality headset, the Vision Pro. Quote, when the device crashes, it switches to full pass-through and displays a warning to remove the device in 30 seconds so it can reboot. Pretty cool, says Rafa Chandran. Um, the kernel exploit is a type of security vulnerability that targets the core component of an operating system and it manages system resources and provides essential services to other parts of the operating system as kernel does. Um, now it doesn't mean that there's any exploit attached to this yet, but it certainly goes to show that with all new technology, someone's going to find something wrong with it because there's millions and millions of lines of code that makes these kind of technological devices work and security is not the first thing that goes into designing cyber code, which is why there's always updates. So chances are whatever this particular um, exploit is, if it's true right now, let's hold that as an alleged uh, vulnerability. My guess is Apple is now probably looking at this, trying to figure out if they can replicate it and they will fix it. But this is the first of what I'm sure will be many other vulnerabilities found uh, on the Vision Pro, which um, there's been plenty of videos of people using it. Um, and again, it's just another way for bad guys to attack you, get into your information, steal your steal your information, stuff like that. There's another article, I'm not reading this in this, this particular episode, but the headline is Apple Vision Pro, a potential privacy nightmare for just $3,500, $3,500. So you can go take a look at that one if you want, but um, that's also at Cyber News. But I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, no technology is flawless. So, so go into that. If you're going to buy one, go into it with your eyes open. Um, now, obviously not everyone's going to get this a $3,500 piece of hardware, but in a year or two, it's going to be down to a thousand fifteen hundred. It'll be very affordable for everybody. And you'll see more and more of them. So just be aware, vulnerabilities coming for the Apple Vision Pro. Darkreading.com, Becky Bracken reporting, teens committing scary cybercrime. What's behind the trend? Crypto theft, sextortion tactics, swattings, and ransomware. Teenagers are increasingly taking up cybercrime for fun and profit. An expert credit an array of contributing factors. Uh, the rise of teens committing serious cybercrime on a large scale and doing real harm is in the process, or doing real harm in the process, has become hard to ignore. What drives the scary trend? 
Recent reports include a 17-year-old from California who cops allege was behind hundreds of swatting and bomb threats targeting various topics, including mosques, FBI offices, and agents, and historically black colleges, according to CNN. Then there's Wiz, a dating app for teens similar to Tinder. It was yanked off the Google Play and Apple Store in late January after it was discovered cyber criminals were using the platform to lure kids into participating in and becoming victims of financial sextortion, according to reports. Quote, Apple and Google are seeking more information on our app, and we are closely working with the teams to clarify our platform's extension exists extensive safeguards for users, a Wiz company spokesperson said in a statement provided to Dark Reading. We hope to resolve the matter soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more articles. So what's driving this? There are age old explanations for why teens are getting deep into the cybercrime world at such a young age. Curiosity, isolation, financial pressure, thrill of a challenge, misguided idealism, and even peer pressure can all play a role that can lure teens to cybercrime. So there's there's much more to this, how to stop it. The key way, obviously, is to, if you're a parent, know what your kids are doing. That's the first thing. You have to have honest conversations with your kids about cybersecurity risks and threats and all that kind of stuff. Um and hope that they listen. Now, obviously, it's hard to do that with kids, but it depends on the relationship you have with them. But there's plenty of teenagers that don't have active parents that pay attention to what they're doing. And they can get it's very it's a very slippery slope to get down because it's low risk, high reward if you can make it if you can do it right now. Obviously, if you do it wrong, you can get in whole sorts of trouble. But um, you're going to see this trend increase going forward. So it's really this is incumbent on parents to understand this particular issue and monitor their kids activity. If you don't, it, they're going to go crazy and you don't want the FBI knocking down your door to arrest your 16, 17 year old kid um, because they did a cryptocurrency scam for a million dollars or something along those lines. So pay attention. It's, this is this is the start of a probably a much larger problem going forward. From cyberscoop.com, Derek Johnson reporting, Meta's oversight board slams the company policies for manipulated media. Now, the reason I picked this article, it, not to, to bang on Meta or Facebook specifically, but to show the difference between Meta and TikTok. So Meta at least has an oversight board who seems to be impartial. Well, let's read, well, let's read, read before I, let's, before I get into that, let's read this first. The ruling agreed with Meta's decision to leave up videos that were misleadingly edited to label Biden as a sick pedophile, but said the platform must update its policies to capture audio and non-AI generated media. Okay. Meta's quasi-independent oversight board sharply rebuked the company on Monday for only applying its rules for manipulated media to AI generated material, arguing that policy is coherent and poses a serious risk ahead of a string of elections around the world in 2024. The board described Meta's policy as, quote, lacking in persuasive justification, unquote, and and, quote, incoherent and confusing to users, unquote, as part of a ruling to leave up a manipulated video that claimed President Biden was a pedophile. The board concluded that the company had been correct in allowing that video to remain on Meta's platform, but said its broader rules around manipulated media failed to treat so-called cheap fakes, which alter videos without the use of AI technology with the same level of seriousness as AI manipulated content. So there's, there's more in this article if you want to read. It's probably a three-minute read. Um, but at least, I mean, this is one thing, this is where us based social media companies and TikTok somewhat differ is at least there's some sort of oversight board that theoretically can hold these social media companies to account. Is this oversight board doing it hard to say you could argue it one way or the other, they're just kind of covering their butt. But again, there is the potential for civil liability. If you watched any of the Senate judiciary hearing last week with the, um, CEOs of X. Uh, Facebook, Reddit, Snapchat, and Discord, you'd see that certainly this is a budding issue that lawmakers are, are taking. Now, will they do anything with it? They want to protect kids. They've had plenty of years to do it and they haven't. Um, I watched Chase Cunningham's uh, podcast 
last week, and he makes a great point that it's all bluster, really. But at least from this perspective, is if you are a parent or you're someone who is personal information or such is violated by these social media platforms, at least in the U.S., you can have you do have civil remedies to sue them if you want to do go down that road and you can afford to do so. Um, but TikTok does not. You can't sue TikTok. They're in China. So again, this is the difference. Now. They all have issues, right? I'm not saying, oh, absolutely use Meta and all these social media platforms. You have to use them with common sense and understand the threats inherent within them and monitor what your kids do on them. Um, my upcoming book, if should I ever give it published, because I have to wait for the FBI to review it, um, kind of goes into this a little bit. But I mean, certainly, you know, this is this is almost this is actually leading me to write another book specifically for parents. Um, but that's down the line. So anyway, again, interesting article. Take a look. Bleepingcomputer.com. Bill Tolis reporting. Lori Children's Hospital took systems offline after cyber attack. Again, it's a cyber attack. It's probably ransomware. That's my guess, but okay. Lori's Children's Hospital in Chicago was forced to take IT systems offline after a cyber attack, disrupting normal operations and delaying medical care in some instances. Lori's Children's is a Chicago-based pediatric acute care hospital with 360 beds, 1,665 physicians, over 70 subspecialties, and 4,000 medical staff and employees. It's one of the most important pediatric hospitals in the country, providing care to over 200,000 people, children annually. I make this point to show that the cyber bad guys don't give a rat's ass about who they, who they impact and they should be strung up by their genitals and allowed to die painfully. But that's, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a little harsh, but I mean, when you're doing this against a children's hospital now, honestly, do they know who they're attacking? Chances are someone got an email, clicked the link and bad things happen. Ransomware got deployed, what have you. Um, but still, this is just um, goes to show the level to which cyber bad guys don't care. They will attack anybody at any time, anywhere they can get to it. So if you are a small company, I mean, this is a fairly large hospital. You would think they would have a pretty good IT and security department. But that's the problem with healthcare is they run on such low margins that they can only afford so much. So as of the time of this article, no major ransomware gangs have assumed responsibility, probably because they don't want to be known as the one that hit a children's hospital. And if they have any balls and any sense of dignity, which I probably don't, they'll, they'll give the decryption codes to this hospital for free, but we'll see. Let's follow, we'll, we'll pay attention and follow this as it goes forward. Bleepingcomputer.com, Sergey Gatlin reporting HPE, Hewlett Packard investigates a new breach, a new breach after data for sale on hacking form. Now we mentioned this last week, they got hacked again. I don't know if this is similar to the previous one, but here we go. Hewlett Packard is investigating a potential new breach after a threat actor put allegedly stolen data up for sale on a hacking form, claiming it contains Hewlett Packard credentials and other sensitive information. The company was told Bleeping Computer has told that they have not found any evidence of a security breach and no ransom has been requested, but it's investigating the threat actor's claim. We are aware of the claims and are investigating the veracity, said HPE Senior Director for Global Communications, Alan Bauer, to Bleeping Computer last week. At this time, we have found no evidence of an intrusion nor any impact to HPE products and services, nor has there been an extortion attempt. Okay, so this is going to be interesting to see. Does it even say who the group was who did this? Russian hackers claim they did it. Obviously, this is always Russian. Um, and it's believed to be part of famous, uh, Cozy Bear, APT29, linked to the SVR, um, Russian's SVR Foreign Intelligence Service. Um, again, this is one of these he said, she said. My guess is the bad guys are probably right. Um, but we'll see what happens. This will continue. Actually, there's an update at the bottom of this. It says, after the article was published, Bauer also told Bleeping Computer that the data being offered for sale was obtained from a test environment. All right. Well, that doesn't mean there's a data breach somewhere, um, whether they got into the full system. You would like to think not. You would think Hewlett Packard would have cybersecurity personnel in place to prevent such a thing, but... Who knows? We know that, you know, others don't. So we'll see what goes. We'll, 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 this again, another one that bears watching. 
Laura French from scmagazine.com. Deep fake video conference convinces employee to send $25 million to scammers. A deep fake phishing scam cost a multinational company more than $25 million after an employee was fooled by digital imitations of his colleagues on a conference call. This is one impressive scam, I got to say. I'm oh, sorry about that. That's my... Um that's my, my uh, messages on my app. I didn't turn it off. Sorry. Um, anyway, Hong Kong police actually I can turn that down right here. Hong Kong police said a press conference Friday that an employee at an unnamed firm's Hong Kong branch initially suspected phishing when he received an email last month purporting to be from the company's UK based chief financial officer. However, after attending a video conference and seeing convincing deep fakes of the CFO and other colleagues, he believed the request to carry out a secret transaction was legitimate. The financial finance worker ultimately transferred 200 million HKD, the equivalent of about $25 million in U S funds to five different bank accounts across 15 transactions. The scam was revealed one week after the initial contact when the employee reached out directly to the company headquarters. Cases under investigation, no arrests have been made, nor will they probably ever be made. So this is an interesting variation or evolution, if you will, of business email compromise. So now this is, because this is so new, this is an important, I should have probably done this one first. This may actually may, we may talk more about this on, on the Friday op-ed or tomorrow on the deep deep dive, but this is something that you must pay attention to if you are a company, obviously, or your business owners, especially small business, because bad guys are going to now use these deep fakes to set up these fake meetings and get you to send money. It's, it's, a, it's a deviation on business email compromise, um, but it will be, it's clearly effective. $25 million in one effort is pretty good. So something to be on the lookout for. Malwarebytelabs.com. Uh, Peter Arnst reporting, Clorox counts the cost of a cyber attack. Cleaning products maker Clorox has reported losses of $49 million in connection to a cyber attack it suffered in August of last year. On Monday, August 14th, Clorox disclosed it had identified unauthorized activity on some of its IT systems. Despite a business continuity plan, the incident resulted in wide-scale disruptions to the company's operations through the quarter, which ended September 30th. Clorox says it expected operational impacts from the cyber attack to continue into the second quarter, though the majority of ordering processing operations have returned to automated product, whatever, whatever. whatever. Um, it does say that the company never revealed the nature of the attack, but based on the brief description, we can assume it was a ransomware attack. Ransomware experts have attributed the attack to Alfie and Black Hat. Not a big shocker, but attribution is hard. Obviously it is. Um, and so again, here we go. Another another ransomware victim that should be big enough to be able to ward these off, but clearly they're not. Someone probably clicked the link. Bad things happen. So if it can happen to them, it's going to happen to you. So be aware. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are trying to stay aware because knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. That's going to do it for the news for this Tuesday. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, email me, Darren at thecyberguy.com. Find me on LinkedIn, Substack, wherever. Thanks for listening. We will be back again tomorrow. Enjoy the remainder of your Tuesday. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.